Hello, fellow worshipers. Welcome back to the Linwood Worship Podcast, a podcast where I, AJ, share with you some thoughts about the whys behind what we're doing on Sunday when we lead our people in worship. My goal here is not just to give you more information to make your brain grow. I want you to grow in your passion for Jesus, and I want to orient you towards him. So, last week we took a deep dive into the gathering movement of the liturgy. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I encourage you to go back and take a look at it. Um, This included the greeting from God, the mutual greeting, the call to worship, and the opening gathering song of praise. So this week we're going to continue our deep dive into the liturgy. And we're going to talk about confession and assurance. And so, confession, like the gathering last week, is initiated by God. Though in this case, it's in a less direct way. So, confession is the natural response of a sinner who encounters the grandeur and the holiness of God. Take, for example, the prophet Isaiah. In chapter 6, Isaiah is taken up into the throne room of heaven and sees the holiness of God firsthand, and he comes to a horrifying conclusion. Woe to me, he cries, I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. So when Isaiah sees who God is, he comes to a deep level of self-awareness, and it's bad news. He's impure. When impurity encounters the holiness of God, something usually dies. So, in our worship, when we encounter God, whether we're focusing on His love, His goodness, His holiness, His righteousness, and the call to worship in the gathering song, we also come to a deeper level of self-awareness. It's in the light of who God is that we come to realize who we truly are. Confession, then, is a chance for us to be honest with ourselves and with God about who we truly are. So, Uh, It's common in modern churches to avoid confession or any talk of sin. It's unpleasant. Um, It's uncomfortable. It's kind of a downer. Uh, Many seeker-sensitive churches get rid of it because it feels awkward to visitors. James K.A. Smith is a Calvin University professor and an author, and he writes, What if confession is unwittingly the desire of every broken heart? In that case, extending an invitation to confession would be the most sensitive thing we could do, a gift to seeking souls. This desire to confess may seem counterintuitive. Obviously, the seeker-sensitive movement assumed this was the last thing non-Christians wanted to do. Deep down, we already know what's true about our faults and brokenness. If that's the case, rituals that invite us to confess our sins are actually gifts. End quote. I really identify with this. All human souls know there's something in them that's missing, something incomplete, something broken. What if one of the most hospitable things we can do in church is give people the language to articulate the reality of the state of their soul? So, the next movement in our liturgy is always assurance. We never talk about our sin without being reminded of the saving work of Christ. Let's catch up again with Isaiah in chapter 6. After he had confessed his impurity, we read, 
The w- then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Now what in the heck is the seraphim doing? To be honest, it sounds like a really unpleasant experience. But two things are important to recognize here. First, fire is a symbol of purification. Second, Isaiah's confession is centered around how dirty and impure his mouth is. The seraphim then takes the coal and touches Isaiah's lips. Isaiah's sin then by the work of the heavenly being is taken away. His dirty mouth is made clean. Our assurance presents this same movement where God assures Isaiah that his sin had been atoned for by the purification of the coal. We are assured that our sin has been atoned for and we've been made pure by the blood of the Lamb. It must be also mentioned here that confession is not a means of earning forgiveness. No, in fact, we've already noted in the gathering that we're recipients of God's grace and peace because of his initiative, because of his movement towards us. Confession, then, is a chance for us to acknowledge that there is nothing that we can contribute to our salvation except the sin that makes it necessary. Let me say that again. In confession, we acknowledge that there is nothing that we can contribute to our salvation besides the sin that makes it necessary. So in the assurance, then, we experience again the forgiveness of Jesus as if it were the first time, and we're given the opportunity to thank God for his saving work. You may notice one of my favorite songs is saying, after the assurance is there is a Redeemer. It's a perfect way to say thank you to God for his redeeming work. So after the assurance, we often then sing a song of response, like the affirmation, there is a Redeemer. Um, For uh, in preparation for our discussion this week, I would like you all to prepare or think ahead about what your favorite response song is. And these songs are typically songs that will say thank you to God or that will reflect on what Christ has done for us uh, on the cross and through his resurrection. So please be prepared to share a song like that with us all. And uh, we'll see you soon.